continuing our study through the book of Proverbs. Uh, it's called Proverbs, Words to Live By. And if you have your Bible and you'd like to get a head start, we're going to be looking today in Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to read through in just a few moments verses 20 through 27. And the focus of today is about the importance of really of, of guarding your heart. And for especially in guarding the hearts of our children. And the, the idea here is that we are in need of, of teaching and building up a future generation for the things of God. Uh, we need young people and parents, that's our responsibility, but to raise up our kids in such a way that they are going to be men and women who love God. Uh, I read an interesting story about Dan Rather, who used to be the anchorman for CBS News. It was a number of years ago, and he told the story. He said, I was uh, getting ready to speak at a convention, and I was at a hotel, and he said, as I was at the hotel, I was on the elevator, and he said, I knew some people recognized who I was. So this one lady in particular, he said, she was just staring at me the entire time I was on the elevator. He said, it was kind of bothering me, and he said, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, don't you know that it's rude to stare? And he said, so, you know, people were kind of looking back at me, he said, but this one lady never took her eyes off of me. He said, so when the elevator came down to the floor where he was going to be speaking, he said, everybody got off the elevator but that one lady, and she walked over to Dan Rather, and she said, Mr. Rather, I just wanted to let you know that your fly is down and your shirt tail is hanging out. Now, as you can imagine, he was rather embarrassed, but can you imagine how embarrassed he would have been had he gone to speak in front of a couple of thousand people and nobody would have told him that information? Isn't that great? I mean, he just stood up there and made a fool out of himself. Now, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, there are many of us, as, as adults and as parents, we need to be like that lady on the elevator when it comes to young people. I mean, there are times when we need to be willing to go to some young people, to go to our children, and just very simply tell them the truth, to lead them in the right way. Now, it might seem a little bit frustrating to them or maybe embarrassing to them, but if our kids and our young people are not hearing truth from us, then guys, there is trouble ahead for them in life. The fact of the matter is we have been called as adults and as parents to teach young people. And so that's why we're going to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, as you go through it, you will see that it is a book that is all about teaching. It's a book that's all about teaching for everyday living. And today in particular we're going to see that it's about building up young people, building up our children for the future. And so today in our scripture, we're going to see once again a father sharing with his son some lessons that were going to help him find and live a life of value and meaning. And these are the same things that we need to pass along today. There's a guy named William Bennett who wrote a book a number of years ago. You might have heard of it, The Book of Virtues. Uh, he also wrote a book called The Book of Man. And it's kind of interesting some of the things that he discovered. One of the things that he discovered is that young men today are really struggling in finding their identity, finding their meaning and purpose in life. 
Here's a stat that I thought was, that was kind of crazy to me. It said men that are, in their, that are in between the ages of 20 and 30 are spending more time on gaming devices than boys between the ages of 12 and 17. He said, now the, the reason for that, what it seems to be, is that these men, as they are struggling and finding meaning and purpose in life, he said they are settling for living in like this fantasy world. As they live in this fantasy world, he said, the unfortunate thing is when they come to the end of it, that they really haven't done anything. They haven't found anything worthwhile. And so that's why I am reminded that as, as parents and as adults, it is so important that we began to step up to the plate and build up our children and young people for the future, a future that will capture their hearts. And the man who wrote this proverb shares with us some ways that we can build up young people for the future. So how can we build up people for the future? They feel like their lives matter, or they feel like that they're making a difference. And this is the very first thing I see. To build them up for the future, we are to present to them the importance of God's word. If, if our kids are going to understand the future that is ahead of them, then they need to know what God has to say about it. Now, now, now look with me in verses 20 through 22. And again, this is Solomon writing to his son, King Solomon. He said, My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Now what I notice in these three verses right here is the father is he's very much saying to his son, listen to what I've got to say. Because what I'm telling you is important. Now one of the things that, that he told his son back in verses 11 and 12, he says, I want you to know and to seek after wisdom so that you'll know how to live. In verse 11 he said, I'm teaching you the way of wisdom. I'm guiding you on straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. So one of the, the, the imperatives that we have for our children is to teach them wisdom. Uh, the next chapter, it gets into more practical things. The father tells the son, you need to be aware. You need to be careful of sexual sin. That's why you see over and over throughout Proverbs, the dad saying stuff that most of us as dads and moms tell our children all the time. Listen to me. Pay attention to what I have to say. And he was telling his son, listen to what I have to say, because what I have to say is actually coming from God's word. Now, now why are words from God important? Here's the reason why. Because they're steady. They're stable. They, they are truth. I don't care what generation you come from, God's word stands the test of time. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Now, I always like it when I know that when some, somebody in particular says something to me, I can say, I can, I can trust what they say. You know, I know that I can take their word to the bank. I know that their word is golden. And all of those things are good things, but as trustworthy as people are, here's the fatal flaw that we all have. We're people. And people screw up. People will let you down. People will, will some, at some point fail, and that can be devastating to us. So, so what can we count on? Well, the writer of Hebrews says, count on God. Count on what God's word 
says, receive, because God's instruction keeps us on a steady path. It keeps us away from things that are destructive. King David wrote in Psalm 119.11, he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God's word is almost like a medicine that protects us from diseases. You must say, what kind of disease are you talking about? Talking about the kind of disease where we see selfishness and anger and lust and greed. And as we rely upon the instructions of God, God has the ability as we are obedient to his word to protect us from those things. And when you're obedient to God, it changes the way you live. It changes the way we interact with others. Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this all men will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Now, can you imagine if we actually practice that? Can you imagine if what, what would happen if we actually loved other people? I tell you something, it, it, would, change, it would change our world. It, it would change the communities in which we live. And the writer of Proverbs knew the great value that came with adhering to the word of God. Guys, if, I, if our children are going to be set up for the future, then we need to start telling them that the basis and the foundation of their lives needs to be the word of God. Because it's true. We need to teach them to value what God has to say. Uh, a number of years ago, on the, the Price is Right, you know, back when Bob Barker used to do it, I, I remember they had a lady as a contestant that was on there, and she, had, she was holding her four-year-old son. And she was holding her boy, and he said, we're going to allow your son to play this game. He said, but you can't help him. And so what they did is they brought out a table, and on the table they had, they had a stack of a thousand pennies. And then Bob Barker was holding ten $100 bills in his hands. And he told that four-year-old boy, he said, you can have either one. Which one do you want? The boy sees that mound of pennies worth a hundred bucks, and then he sees him holding ten $100 bills worth a thousand dollars. Guess which one he picked? He picked the pennies. Now, why in the world would he pick the pennies? If it would have been a girl, I guarantee you she would have picked the 10 $100 bills. But that boy picked the pennies because it was big. He hadn't learned the value of money yet. And so he went with what was pleasing to his eyes. Guys, let me tell you something. I see so many people, young people, old people, who make decisions based off of what is pleasing to their eyes, and they sell themselves short, buying pleasure for today at the expense for tomorrow. And that's why the writer of, of this book says, Son, pay attention to me and listen to God's word. Now, if we're going to build our children for the future, then we have to teach them the power of God's word, the importance of his word. But the other thing I see is another way we can build our children for the future is to teach them the power of the human heart. To teach them the power of the heart. Now look in verse 23. That's how important your heart is. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. If you don't have that verse underlined, you, you ought to. That's a great verse. And then he says, don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk deviously in proverbs 23 7 it says for as he thinks in his heart so is he 
Jesus said in Luke 6.45, The good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what's the point here? The point is, the heart is tremendously important. And our children and even adults need to be taught that what we allow to come into our hearts and into our mind, eventually it's going to work its way out into the way you live and act. Did you know that? Whatever it is that, that you are putting into your, into your life, eventually it's got to come out. And it's going to come out in the way that you live. Now, we have more access to stuff than we ever have before. I mean, think about all the stuff we can do now. I mean, just you compare it to like 15 years ago, we are, we are, it's like, we are monster years ahead of where I ever thought we'd be. I mean, you know, I, I still remember whenever they, you know, whenever they came out with the, with the, the cell phones, and of course, I, they had the, the really cool ones, had the antennas that long, you know, and you'd flip it open and talk. You watch an old movie, it's hilarious to watch it. And, and now we have these smartphones where, you know, I can, I, I mean, I can, I can sit, if I wanted to, I could sit right here in this building and pull up a Netflix and watch a movie while I'm up here talking. Now, I hope y'all don't do that, but it's just amazing the kind of access we have. I can talk to people across the world. I can, I can look at somebody and talk to them, and they can be thousands of miles away. Now, now, just because we have access to all different types of things, it doesn't mean that, that you need to participate in every one of them. You know, just because we have access to all this kind of stuff doesn't mean that all that stuff is good for us. An example of this comes about every year in September, October, when we have the state fair. Now, now what is the state fair known for if you're over 40? It is the food. All right? I mean, it's the best thing about the state fair. You go to the state fair, it's the only place I know of where you can buy fried Snickers. I mean, you can go to the fair, they have, and everybody wants to get, we love to get, you know, french fries and just dump vinegar all over them. I mean, it's just like they, they had chocolate bacon one year. That, that one's not real exciting to me. That's the only thing you can mess up bacon with is chocolate. But, I mean, there's, but there's all this kind of stuff that you can get. Now, just because you can get it doesn't mean that you need to get it, right? I mean, what happens if you decide you're going to spend, you know, you're going to spend all of your diet eating stuff like that? I mean, my guess, your cholesterol's probably going to rise. Um, if, you, if you eat stuff like that, you're probably going to get lethargic. Now, for me, if I eat stuff like that, you know what happens to me? I go into a coma. Now, there are some people who are in a spiritual coma. And they are in a spiritual coma because they, they are messing with all the stuff that's in this world, and it is wiping them out. And they're taking in all kinds of things into their minds just because it's available. And guys, what it ends up producing in their lives is nothing that's helpful or positive. You, you know where changed living begins? It begins in your mind. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 12 too. He said, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be, he says, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to approve what God's will is, to test and approve it. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, whenever we put God's word into our minds, then we're going to be able to live according to his will. But when we don't put it into our minds, what happens is, is our thinking gets, gets foggy, and we wander off God's path. 
There's a guy named Pliny the Elder who was a writer who lived during the days of Christ. And he was talking about one of the Roman emperors who wanted an obelisk to be built and raised. Uh, The obelisk stood at 99 feet tall whenever they lifted it. It took 20,000 men to lift up that obelisk. Now, the, the Roman emperor wanted to make sure that they didn't drop it. Because if they dropped it, it was going to be years of work down the tubes. So to, to really get their attention, here's what he did. The guy who's in charge of the project of raising up that obelisk, the, the Roman emperor had his son strapped to the top of the obelisk as they raised it. Just to make sure, you know, that he did a really good job. To make sure that he's going to be really careful. Now, I know that seems like it's a little bit on the extreme side, but guys, let me tell you something. That there's something to be said for taking things seriously. And, and young people and people like me, we need to understand the importance of what we put into our hearts. Of what we pay attention to in life. Because what we put into our lives eventually is going to work its way out in the way that we live. And so if we're going to build our kids for the future, we're to present to them the importance of God's word. We're to teach them the power of the heart. And then here's the last one. We are to help them practice God's instruction for daily living. We're to help our kids put the stuff into practice. Verse 25. He says, son, let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Now, now, look back at what the father's done at this point. He's told his son, hey, listen, God's word's important. So you need, to pay, you need to pay attention to God's word. And then you need to protect your heart. You need to protect what you're letting into your life. And then he gives him the practical advice here. He says, when you do those things, he says, now it's time for you to practice God's word. And that's something I'm trying to do in my own life. And I struggle with. Y'all, I do a good job. I can, I can talk a good game. But where it matters is how am I living? Yeah, if, if our faith is going to make a difference, if our children's lives are going to make a difference, we've got to tell them you can't just have knowledge, and those things are good, but you now need to put it into practice. And so that's why the father tells his son, he says, don't let your eyes wander off of God's word and God's path for your life. Pay attention to it. You know, with, and this is great advice. You know, we live in a very visual society. It is so easy to let my eyes wander off of the path that God has for me, to begin to look at stuff and pay attention to things that aren't good for me. I'm on a board at at the seminary where I went, and they did, and I'm on on the student committee whenever I go up there, and we did a survey and found out that 80% of the students have looked at pornography. Another thing that was kind of shocking to me is that 30% of the women have looked at pornography. Y'all, we need to be careful with what we're looking at. We need to pay attention to what we're spending our time on. You know, there, there's social media. Now, I know social media, that can be a cool medium. But let me tell you something. As a pastor, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who've had their marriages ruined because they've messed around and been looking at things they shouldn't have been looking at on social media where they've reconnected with old flames from the past and it's destroyed their marriages. I don't even need to talk to you about entertainment and music and some of the filth that's out there. We need to be careful 
with what we are looking at. Now, some people will tell me, well, you know, the, the stuff that you see, it, it, it doesn't affect your behavior. Now, that is such a load of bull. Because if, if that was true, we would never do advertising. And why do you think people advertise? They advertise because they know that it works. They know that it influences people's behavior. So, so what does all this mean? It means, you, it means you need to be careful what you look at. You know, if you, if you struggle in certain areas, if you struggle with things that are on your computer that you can access, here, here's my encouragement for you. Get a software that, that can help you out. Um, if, if you want to be held accountable, let some of your friends or let your spouse have your password so that you can just simply know, hey, they can, they can actually hold me accountable for what I'm looking at. So, so be careful with what you look at. Another practical step is where our text tells us, carefully consider the path for your feet and then all your ways will be established. You know, there are some things in life where we wonder, is that, is that okay for me to, to look at? Is that okay for me to do? And, and so we have some questions about things. Okay, here's my encouragement for you. If you are asking the question, the, the, the simplest solution to that is say, I'm, just gonna st- I'm going to stay on the firm path. I'm going to stay on God's path. If I have a question about it, I'm just not going to participate in it. Now, if we stay on a firm path, what that means is when the storms of life are blowing against us, we can know the ground I'm standing on solid. I'm going to be okay. Uh, Francis Scott Key wrote a very famous song. Anybody know what it was? Anybody know? Yes, I know that you're thinking it. The Star Spangled Banner. He wrote the Star Spangled Banner. Now, the, the way that he wrote this is he was out, he was out at sea, and there was a the big you know, barrage going on. He looks out. And he's, he's 10 miles out, and he sees the American flag blowing in the breeze. Now, I'm sitting there thinking, 10 miles away? This guy's got eagle eyes. Okay, how's that happen? Well, the reason why is because the flag was enormous. It was on like a, a flagpole that was like a close to 100 feet tall. Now, the question was, how did that flagpole not snap in half with wind blowing against it? Here's what they discovered. They went to the flagpole years later in the 1950s, and they discovered underneath that flagpole there was a nine, nine feet all the way down to the ground, there was a wooden cross beam that that flagpole was anchored into. And because it was anchored into it and it was so deep, the storms and the wind could not break that flag down. Now guys, here's the point for us. When our lives are anchored into the cross of Jesus. When our lives are anchored into the Jesus who gave his life for you, this is what you can know. You will not be broken. You can stand firm. Now there's no doubt in my mind, we are a nation, we are a people who are under siege today. And man, sometimes it's easy to be really negative and to feel like we are about to be broken. But let me tell you something, when we are anchored in Jesus, we will not be broken. Matter of fact, Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So that's why we want to teach our kids about a God who can keep their lives from being broken. We can build them for the future. Now what do we do? Well, we present our children with the importance of God's word. As this book, it's got truth in it. Another thing that we can do is teach our children about the power of the heart. Understand that what you put into your life is eventually going to come out. And then the very last thing I see that we are to teach is to teach our children to practice God's instruction in daily living. 
And I tell you something, we are living in a time, this is not a time for the weak. This is a time for the committed. It's time for some of us to step up to the plate and say, you know what? I'm going to side with Jesus. I'm going to be obedient to him. I'm going to put his word into practice, and then I'm going to let the chips fall where they may, because I am trusting that he is true. And it could be there's some of you here today, and you need to do that. You just need to make a, a formal declaration to God, just where you are. Simply talk to God and say, God, today I am choosing you. I'm entrusting my life to you. I will, I will have faith that what you say is true. And so I would encourage you to do that if you've not done that. To just make a declaration, Jesus, I will side with you. Because guys, let me tell you something. We have young people who need examples. And we need to be building them for the future. Because we are in a time when the future is so in doubt. But with our kids and with the God that we serve, we can share with them some good news. That God is true for all time. Though the thieves will come confess, know that you